This is your gateway to the latest trends in the Gulf, bringing you exclusive insights and thought-provoking discussions. Welcome to AB Majlis, an Arabian business podcast. You can find our weekly episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for more exclusive content, subscribe to us on arabianbusiness.com. Join us today as we have two guests who are at the forefront of shaping the metaverse landscape in the region. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like you to give the listeners an introduction. Thank you for having us. My name is Simon Fletcher. I'm the COO of Megaverse. Morning, uh, Nicole. Thanks for having us. My name is Mojtaba Sadian. I'm a founder and CEO of Megaverse. Okay, amazing. It's great to have you both here today. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about the origins of your company and what inspired you to dive into the world of the metaverse and virtual reality? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we started working together. I mean, we've both been in crypto for a number of years. Um, We started working together on a crypto exchange. And then we saw all this hype around metaverses around two and a half years ago, Decentraland, Sandbox. Um, we thought it would be interesting to try and create a metaverse for the crypto community. And this was in parallel with the crypto exchange. It was just supposed to be complementary. But then, you know, as we got more and more into it, we realized that this was something really interesting, something exciting, something that we believed we could do better than what was already there. You know, Decentraland Sandbox have been at the forefront of making the metaverse something that people are aware of. Absolutely. But in terms of the actual quality of the environments, it's low poly, low quality. I personally believe metaverse is a future technology. And that is retro. That is not really a future. It doesn't look like the future. It looks like you're going backwards. So we built on Unreal Engine 5, our excellent design team. And yeah, I think we started wanting to decided that we wanted to do something different and ultimately better than what was out there right and from your perspective what would you say much as well um yeah um to add to what uh, simon just mentioned i think it just reminded us uh the early days of e-commerce and um the evolution of um technology for uh, different use cases so that was the uh, the initial point but then um uh, once we start building, uh, it just evolved and turned from a metaverse platform to uh, a, a wider integrated Web3 ecosystem. Okay. And it's a very interesting analogy when you compare it to e-commerce as well. Yeah. But so the term metaverse in general right now has been gaining a lot of traction, right? right? But it can mean different things to different people. Now, how do you both define the metaverse? Yeah, I think the term itself has become a little bit problematic And there's been a lot of negative sentiment. I think people like to get down on certain things. Mm -hmm. So when Facebook changed their name to Meta and then they produced these ridiculous avatars after spending (laughs) X number of billion of dollars, then people want to make fun of that, put fun of that. And then that impacts everybody in the metaverse because they are called Meta now. So I think we've got to kind of move away from the idea of, of what metaverse is as this kind of weird kind of attempt at something that doesn't really work mm. and just think about it as an evolution of technology, you know, and and, and the way that all of society is just <clears throat> developing into a digital first um, society. And mm. the metaverse just goes hand in hand with that. Of course. How do you define the metaverse? So to me, metaverse or whatever terms we're going to call it, it's uh, the natural evolution of web moving away from 2D to a 3D, a more immersive internet. It is happening. The Gen Zs are native to that. They've been using several platforms. They've been spending hours. And um, obviously for other generations, it might be a bit difficult to adapt to it. 
but uh, it's uh, it's the future of web. The future of web. I'd like to see where that goes. And how do you envision the evolution of Metaverse and its impact on several industries? Like you just said, it is the future. How is this going to impact the industries that are currently maybe not so adaptable to it, but eventually I'm assuming they will have to, right? Yeah, I think it, it impacts everybody because, as I said, I believe it is just a natural progression, as, as Mo's just mentioned, from Web 2 to Web 3. So even without realizing it, everybody will just become native to what we're now calling the metaverse. It probably will not be called the metaverse at that point. You won't even need to have a name for it because it's just the internet. It's the evolution of how we interact with our devices, how we interact with each other. And then obviously as as the technology becomes more advanced and, and more accessible for, for people in general, then let's also make this transition much smoother and more natural. Of course. But we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, um, the impact is uh, going to be on users, on enterprises, on government entities, in uh, and different industries. And it means it has a different purpose for uh, each of these industries. We can go in uh, in depth, but just to give you a couple of examples, uh, education is is key. Tourism. There are a lot of use cases for tourism, even for government. Dubai has been a pioneer to release or to be on the forefront of uh, uh, adopting technology and embracing technology. I remember back in 2003, Dubai uh, started e-government initiative on a website called Dubai.ae. Right. And then they plugged in all the government entities to offer their services online uh, to the residents and citizens of UAE. Now we're um, phasing to the government, the right. virtual government. And um, there are a lot of use cases for uh, different industries um, yeah, and you can't well. talk about Dubai without talking about real estate. And real estate is obviously a huge yeah. use case for metaverse and immersive technology as well. Absolutely. And since you brought up real estate and the metaverse, tell us a bit more about that because it's a very fascinating concept from people who have to change their minds from actually buying physical property to owning something or a space in the metaverse. Yeah. How do you see this going? I think there are two elements to it. There, There is just one that goes hand in hand with still the physical world. The physical world is never not going to exist. True. We might interact with it in a little bit of a different way, but it, it's, you know, that's where our that's where we live, really. Yeah, We're never really going to live, at least I don't think in our lifetimes, in in the metaverse or in any kind of digital space. We are <laughs> that would still be interesting. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> I think we are. I think that's also kind of something that people think what the metaverse is about. It's not about that. It's right. about just the, the development and evolution. But yeah, so then... Going back to real estate, on the one hand, you have it basically as a marketing tool. So we had a really interesting meeting yesterday with a developer here. They're building a beautiful building, but then they showcase that in their uh, office with a VR experience. They have a, an immersive room where you can sit down and see everything around you as it would be in, in the building. So that is metaverse right. in a way. And then on the other side of it, is, which is where most um, more of an expert than I am, is the tokenization aspect of it. Right. So then you've got fractional ownership. Most, I'm not yeah, going like to tie myself more about that yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So as Simon mentioned, I mean, construction would take anywhere from 24 to 36 months. Right. And even longer for larger projects. So um, that's a marketing tool to give that virtual experience of what the building or the apartments will look like once it's ready and handed over. And in addition to that, there are certain uh, technologies uh, available on the blockchain that can uh, assist developers with the tokenizations of uh, real estate 
and uh, fractional, if it facilitates the, the fractional ownership. Usually real estate investment is a high ticket investment. Yeah. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. But then that will allow others with a smaller budget to get into uh, real estate and then have be exposed to a capital gain while they receive uh, yield uh, from the rent. And, uh, you know, we know real estate is uh, one of the biggest asset classes or $350 trillion. But uh, one of the key issues with the real estate is the illiquidity of real estate. Right. And we're talking general. So this also facilitates um, a more injection of a cash flow to um, real estate industry. Okay. And we've spoken, obviously, about the benefits and all of the great things that's possible. Right. But... What are the challenges that you would say in facing, you know, that in building and growing Megaverse as well, but just yeah. in the Metaverse in general? Sure. Yeah. Again, I think this we touched upon it before. There is a kind of negative sentiment yes. around it in general uh, because people don't really understand it. So that's something that has to be taken away through education and better understanding of what the benefits are in, for for people in, in, in the real world. Because, like I said, again, it, it isn't... a you're always going to connect with it from the real world. It's not just disassociating yourself from reality. It's mm. just adding to reality, if you like. But then I think what is a huge um, obstacle in terms of making that happen is the technology and the hardware. So now Apple Vision Pro is about to come out as a, you know, as a, on, on a small scale, for, for Apple at least. Right. But Apple don't do things without knowing what's going to happen next right so they know that this is the future this is the way that people are going to interact with technology in the future and the vision pro will obviously then have a you know we have the macbook air we have the um sorry we have the macbook air so we have the the the, low, the lighter version of it so right. we'll have the same thing for the vision pro it will become more uh widely available the price will be uh lower and then obviously samsung will copy that google will copy that right all the, all the chinese tech companies will copy that. So it, once it's more readily available in terms of the hardware, then it would just be more natural for people to start using it as a second nature. Okay. Would you like to add to that? Um, sure. Yeah. I think the um, uh, nature of uh, most of human beings is their resistance against a change. Absolutely. So there is a, a skepticism uh, of any new technology. Uh, we had that um, in uh, the early days of uh, e-commerce or uh um, social media platforms. Um, but then we've seen over the time, everybody adapted to that. Um, same for virtual worlds, metaverse, whatever we call it, this immersive web three. But the major um, uh, obstacle at the moment, I think for megaverse or many other uh, uh, projects that are active in this uh, sphere is uh, the infrastructure. Right. So the infrastructure is not yet ready for smooth user experience on web three. Currently, uh, most of the servers around the world are CPU-based. Okay. Uh, we got to phase out from CPU-based to a more GPU-based. That is uh, required by AI companies. That is required by megaverse, uh, metaverse companies to facilitate a better user uh, uh, inter- uh, experience. Right. And obviously, we need a faster internet. So we are looking forward for uh, 6G, hopefully, sometime soon. We all like that, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And how do you see the integration of blockchain and crypto um, in the future of the metaverse? And how is Megaverse adapting to this trend as well? well I think it, it's just, it's hand in hand. You know, the, the, the rise of metaverse is also going to 
be in parallel with the rise of cryptocurrencies becoming more of a uh, natural thing for people to uh, use in their daily lives as well. I mean, Mo is more of an expert on the blockchain element, so I'll put that in his hands. Okay, let's hear yeah. from Mo. Right. Um, so um, uh, I think the uh, blockchain technology or distributed ledger technology is the infrastructure layer for Web3. So we in Web2, we had read and write, so we could communicate, and that led to um, all these social media platforms. Initially, we could exchange texts, and then uh, we, we started sending each other uh, pictures and videos and all of that. But now uh, in Web3, there is a certain um, other element, which is a decentralized uh, ownership, and that is obviously being facilitated by, uh, facilitated by uh, blockchain or distributed ledger technology. So I think the way we can uh, put this is the infrastructure layer of Web3 uh, is blockchain technology. And then all the other trending technologies like VR, uh, AR, XR, AI are being built on top of uh, blockchain. Okay. And is, would you say this technology is really for everyone or is there a certain demographic or age group that is more likely to accept this as compared to everyone else? I think, yeah, but for the blockchain, I've been full-time in blockchain for the past eight years and uh, we are still lacking on the um, user um, uh, interface. Okay. It's not really user-friendly. Um, it is a bit complex. Uh, you got to be... Uh, tech savvy in order to create your wallet, to use smart contract, interact with smart contracts. So um, to uh, go to a mass adoption, we need to make it easier for uh, all sort of users to interact. And I think that that's that's a challenge that the, the teams in this industry should address. Okay. But I think what's important is that, you know, when you drive a car, you don't need to be a mechanic to know how it goes, right? You just get in, you turn the ignition on, and then you drive. Well so said. people shouldn't be worried about what blockchain is or what it yeah. can do. It should just be, oh, yeah, this is using blockchain technology, so what? I don't know what, why or how it works, but yeah. I'm using it. Absolutely. That should be the way it, people are uh, interacting with it because yeah. they don't need to know how it works True. on a wider scale. So, yeah. I mean... Mo can know how it works. I personally <laughs> probably will never know how it works. Well, it seems too technical for me as well. But. <laughs> so are there specific industries that you believe are particularly well-suited to accept this kind of technology? Obviously, in the future, we do expect everyone to get on board with it. Right. But are there industries that actually have an advantage and that are well-suited to actually accept this? Sure. I think we've mentioned real estate, which is a, a really big one. I, I think because it is pretty much suited to everybody. Yeah. It, it, it's more about the appetite for wanting to experience it now, which ones are more ready to to, to do that. And I think you've seen a lot of uh, cases of uh, big fashion houses right. wanting to go on the metaverse, even though the environment in which they put their very high-end, expensive uh, product, brand, was then devalued by being on these so-called metaverse platforms, which were just a complete clash between what they're supposed to represent in terms of luxury, in terms of elegance, and then they're in a low-poly, low-quality environment. There's, right. there's, there's a complete disconnect there. So fashion is, is a great use case because um, you can build beautiful, um, interactive, immersive experiences that they can really take advantage of. So fashion is huge. Sport as well is really big. We were talking to somebody recently about 
doing the metaverse experience for a football match in Saudi Arabia, for example. Right. So you, you just can create all these different immersive experiences which allow people to experience the event even if they can't be there in person. Mm -hmm. Then obviously you've got an NFT element to it as well, which enables some monetization of, of the event for, for the organizers, allows the community to take part and feel like they you know own something that was uh, integral to the actual event. We're now talking to a really big and popular TV show, for example. So the thing is, brands and anybody that has a public face, they've, they've kind of exhausted the ways in which they can interact with their users. So the Web3 and the metaverse is just a new avenue for them to do that right. and do it in a, in a slightly different way, in a more immersive and interactive way. It can be VR, but it doesn't have to be VR. You know, right. That's another, I think misunderstanding about metaverse is that there is no obligation for you to interact with the metaverse via uh, a vr headset you can do it on your mobile you can do it on desktop and i think a lot of these people that like fashion houses like sports clubs they understand that and they're you know ready to really push on with it okay would you like to add to that as well much um so yeah um we have three verticals for meta uh, metaverse metaverse for consumers which is more focused on the gaming side and right. entertainment we have uh, metaverse for enterprises and government entities and metaverse for industrials. Obviously, I think, and gradually, they will be all in metaverse and uh, having, but to me, I think the uh, the early adopters are going to be entertainment, uh, sports, uh, education, and uh, fashion, as Simon said. These are potentially the early adopters of metaverse and the rest will follow. Okay, and getting a little bit more into, because you mentioned NFTs earlier, there has been talks about the fact that NFTs have lost value compared to what it was before. Yeah. What would you like to say about that? I think it, it's just uh, hype cycles, right? Of right. course, when people get excited about a new technology and can see that there's the potential to make money very quickly from something with a, with a low entry point, they're just all a pin, as, mm -hmm. as people like to say. And then, of course, you know, that, that that's going to have a, a shelf life on it. And it, it's not, it was probably exploited in the wrong ways. But I think moving forward, NFTs will be integral to the way we do interact with Metaverse, not necessarily always to just make money, but it's more about engaging community, giving them something that makes them feel part of that community. Right. So I think it'd be maybe less towards that idea that, oh, I can buy that and make a hundred X profit and more that, oh, I can buy that or I can have that or I can get this and I will be closer to that brand or I'll be closer to that or it will give me some kind of reward or, you know, it, it will operate more in that way rather than the way that I think we've come to associate NFT so far, which again is something similar to Metaverse is that people want a hate on it because it seems so silly if you paid two or three million dollars for NFT of an ape and now it goes, you know, 90% down in value. Of course, people are going to laugh at that and say, for oh, sure. you, everything around NFTs is stupid and idiotic. Of course, it's not, you know, um, but it, it, this is also, again, part of that general change in perception of what Metaverse, NFTs, crypto, all of the Web3 elements are. What do you think of NFTs, Mustafa? I think we 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 gotta understand what NFTs are, right? right. So non fungible token. What does it mean? How is it different from uh, fungible tokens like of Bitcoin and Ethereum? Mm -hmm. And what was it used for? So obviously there are a lot of uh, real use cases for NFTs. In the initial hype cycle, uh, it was used for uh, digital art, and you know it was. Uh, 
overrated. It was hyped. And, uh, you know, since there are no use cases, obviously we have seen the decline in the value. But uh, we, we have to look into the NFTs for its technology and use cases and applications. Right. Um, there are massive uh, applications for NFTs. NFTs are going to be around uh, for a while, but probably not for digital arts. Okay. And as the metaverse evolves, what considerations should people and industries have about data privacy and security? Because that's obviously a big factor that everyone talks about, especially yeah. when it comes to technology. Yeah. So how would people address that? Mo, you want to take this? Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a great question, because um, I, I think in Web2, our uh, data and details are exposed to tech giants. They, they take it in their own benefit, right? But what's going to happen in Web3, uh, users are going to have uh, uh, data and uh, da data sovereignty. Right. So they, they will have a full control over their right, uh, over their data. And they can um, just share it or release it uh, with their own permission. I think we will see the evolution that the ads, like Google AdWords or YouTube ads, are going to be restricted and user will have to give their permission and be compensated to watch those ads. And it would be a different business model. So in terms of the security uh, of data, in terms of uh, users' uh, data sovereignty, we're going to uh, see a massive improvement with Web3. Okay. And how can, we already touched upon this earlier a little bit, but how can traditional brick and mortar businesses actually integrate themselves into the metaverse to stay relevant? And obviously, you know, it is a competitive market. It's definitely going to get there. Yeah. What are the ways that they can actually integrate? I, th I think we touched upon it before is that you understand that it isn't some really far away technology. It's something that everybody can have access to and probably a, a lower price point than you might imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, in Dubai, for example, we, we've... Uh, made a metaverse experience for a restaurant. And it, it, that's just, as, as, I mean, okay, it's, it's, it's a chain of restaurants, but it's still, it's, only, it's not a, you know, it's not McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's not a multi-billion dollar enterprise. It's, it's a relatively small operation and they have a metaverse experience. So I think it is much more accessible than people think. And I think okay. there's just some misconceptions about what you need, what it involves, what it costs. And I think it, it is much more accessible for pretty much everybody than, than they actually uh, realize. Okay, interesting. If you like to um, that. Current uh, brick and mortar businesses, they have, uh, they have seen the uh, evolution of the technology and how those apps and e-commerce platforms can give them an extra revenue stream. So my suggestion is they embrace the new technology. They look into how they can potentially benefit from this. Obviously, uh, you know, this is a new revenue stream for them. And uh, if um, uh, they don't embrace it, obviously they will be losing market share to their competitors. Interesting. And just to touch a bit upon the region as well, because we know Dubai has made significant strides in the metaverse and just in technology in general. Yeah. Do you see it growing here more than it will anywhere else? And also, how do you think the Dubai market actually aids and is an advantage to the, the technology? I think there's a good reason why there are so many people in the crypto industry, in metaverse, in blockchain who are based in Dubai. It's because it's a hub. It's a global hub and it's a global leader 
of this whole uh, Web3, Metaverse, crypto movement, whatever you want to name it. Mustafa's been here for 27 years, so he's much better positioned to speak about this than me. But of course, the, also the, the support that the government gives, the initiatives that they that they create, their desire to be at the forefront of this 2030 movement, it's uh, it inspires people to come here and it, it makes doing our job easier. Okay, we'd love to hear your perspective as well. Yeah, I mean... Um, thanks to the visionary leaders of UAE, I think um, Dubai in particular is uh, best positioned to become uh, a hub of uh, Web3. As we discuss internally with our colleagues in the in this sphere, we, we say Web2 was more like a Silicon Valley and Web3 is going to be more, uh, uh, you know, centered around Dubai and Absolutely. the government. Uh, and the leaders, uh, they have been very uh, open-minded. Uh, they and they they have given tools to government entities to adapt to these new technologies. And um, I'm I'm really grateful to be to have been living here for 27 years. And I think we um, uh, there is no better place than Dubai uh, and UAE to start and uh, uh, build a Web3 business. Okay, we have spoken a lot about the industry. Let's get a bit into Megaverse now. What is yeah. new? What is upcoming? What is exciting? What can we look forward to? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we got? Uh, we can go. No, I mean, th- th- it's a great question because I mean, think we've mostly focused on Metaverse. We have touched upon the things around it, like blockchain, NFTs, and things like that. And Mo has maybe mentioned it slightly. But what we've realized is that, I mean, we already knew it, but having a metaverse platform in and of itself is great. But if you can have the infrastructure as well beneath it, then that's a game changer. And then it also helps us move forward the, some of the issues that we see in front of us. If we are in control of that infrastructure ourselves, then we can help facilitate the onboarding of 10 million, 100 million, a billion people. So that's one of the big changes that we've got coming up. Um, we're, we've expanded from a simple metaverse platform into a, a full Web3 ecosystem, that's amazing. which includes a layer one blockchain and a lot of other technical stuff that I'm sure more will be able to <laughs> expand. <laughs> We'd love to hear that too. <laughs> yes, uh, Simon mentioned um, we are uh, launching a Megaverse ecosystem. Uh, currently, the Web3 is very fragmented, but then what our approach is, we are uh, launching an integrated um, uh, ecosystem of uh, web3 product and obviously we have the infrastructure layer which are, which is our own layer one blockchain and then um, the metaverse uh, platform our metaverse platform which used to be called megaverse is um, the user interface right. and then all the other technologies are um, going to be around that but several verticals we are uh, uh, obviously launching our ai platform our web3 native uh, browser um our native wallets and so on okay. and sorry it's also important i think we're talking a lot about technology but it's also right. about people right. yeah you know we 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 have a great team headed by pantai in uh we do all of our design work we have another team of developers in, in india we've just onboarded an ex-google executive to help with business development That's amazing. we've also obviously got to then grow our team to be prepared for all of the blockchain element of the business we uh, onboarded a lot of really high-end advisors to help really get the project to that next level so you know the, all the metaverse the technology all, all of the tech stuff is important yeah. but i think what's equally important is the people the behind people. it yeah 
Okay, and we've we've touched upon AI a little bit, but let's get a bit into it. Because obviously people have this uh, idea that AI is going to yeah. take our jobs and AI is going to, you know, replace people eventually. <laughs> what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a touchy subject because I think a lot of the things you said may come to fruition in some form or another. I mean, I'm sure we will adapt as as humans to that uh, change. But I mean, we, we just had lunch on Monday with, with a guy who's, you know, very much at the forefront of understanding the impact that AI can have on the workplace, on, on, on society in general. And, you know, he was pretty much saying, yeah, that's it. You know, <laughs> if he could, he wish it didn't happen yeah. because it's something that started. It's not going to stop. For sure. I think the, the, the biggest challenge that we have as people is just trying to make sure that it all works out to our advantage. Right. Um, I mean, we personally use it within the platform and, and it's brilliant. You know, we can create something like this, Absolutely. for example, purely done by AI. Um, so there are definite advantages to it. Obviously, there are some scary elements to it as well, which we have to try and keep under control if we can. Right. But uh, I think ultimately it should be to our benefit uh, in the long term. Okay. Would you like to add to that as well? It is in our uh, benefit, definitely. There are risk factors to many currently at the workspaces. But to me, AI is uh, in order to um, obviously increase the efficiency and to create superhumans. So um, it might be scary uh, for those who are a bit reluctant to adopt it or to learn about it. But uh, for those who um, take time to educate themselves and use it, they might land in a better opportunities. Right. I feel like this is a topic that we can talk about endlessly, Absolutely. but we are really in a yeah. bit on time. So just to close it in, what would you, from both of you, what would you like to give well, as an advice to people who don't know much about it, but are willing yeah. to learn about it. What is what is the one thing that Simon Mushtabai would like to tell sure. our listeners? About? About the technology and just, you know, how to accept it and how to... I think I think it, it has to not be on the... It doesn't have to be the responsibility of the user to, to accept it. I think it's our job to make sure that it just becomes an integral part of day-to-day -day life, that people don't have to worry about it too much. All of these elements of blockchain, AI, metaverse, VR, AR, we as, as, a, as an infrastructure provider, people like Apple, Samsung as technology providers, we, we all have to do better and, and, and speed up this process. And I think... As we get better, as the technology gets better, as the wider infrastructure gets better, it's just something that will happen without people even realizing it has happened. You know? right. And, you know, we're, we're a little bit old, but, you know, I have, <laughs> I have a son who's 13 months old. I think when he's 10, yeah. he won't be asking any of these questions. It will just be second nature. And I think that's, uh, I think we have to worry less about how do we get people to, you know, learn and understand and accept and just give them the tools that allow that to happen naturally. That's a great way to put it. What would you like to say much to that? Yeah, I mean, I agree that we have, uh, as a developers, uh, we have to provide tools. Um, but key is for the users also to take the initiative and educate themselves. They got to embrace technology. And uh, I believe we are in a major trans transition with the mass adoption of AI, uh, blockchain, Web3, and all the other technologies. Uh, future would be significantly different. The way that we do business, the way that we uh, interact with each other is going to be significantly different. And um, my advice is embrace it, educate yourself, and be prepared. 
I love it. I think that's a great way to end this. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's Thank been you. truly, truly insightful. Really for Thank you. Yes. Thanks for having Thank us. Nice. Thank you for listening to this week's episode and thank you to all our subscribers. Sign up to arabianbusiness.com for all exclusive content.